When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And welcome once again to the Explaining History podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the development of the atomic bomb during the Second World War. By 1945, the United States had a monopoly on nuclear power. This they ably demonstrated on the 25th of July, 1946, by the detonation of the first underwater atomic bomb at Bikini Atoll in the South Pacific. Um, the journalist James Cameron was there, um, and he he was a British wartime correspondent and very famous uh, investigative journalist post-war, and he wrote an account. Stood on the USS Appalachian, eight miles away, he wrote, It came gently, imperceptibly to begin with. One's heightened senses seemed somehow to decelerate that first subdivided second until one saw the gradual maturing of an instantaneous thing. There, across the field of the lens's view, stretched out, uh, stretched the bowstring horizon of the Pacific. Where this ruled edge met the sky came the flash, then a ball, a gleaming hemisphere of purest white, a grotesque and momentary bubble, huge and growing huger, a dome rising from the sea, now a column, a pillar of water more than half a mile across, a million tons of the Pacific leaping vertically, silently, soaring upwards into the cloud base, one mile, two miles high, until it hesitated, dropped lazily back like a mountainous snowman into, a, into the terrible cauldron of the Bikini Lagoon, now a waste of murk and fog. In that initial moment, the battleship Arkansas had been tossed into the air like a tiny toy, thrown vertically up and over. There was a feeling of this enormous water dome swelling and expanding in perfect symmetry to a monstrous bulk that it would never stop developing, that it would increase indefinitely and overwhelm us, and not only us, but everybody. Then the outward movement became an upward one, where the ineffable grace of the column, the weary slowness with which it dripped its million tons back towards the lagoon. Some uh, assorted uh, German and um, Japanese and American warships had been uh, left in order uh, to be part of the experiment in the, uh, the, the area of effect of the bomb. 
And the detonation itself told uh, Allied scientists um, very little uh, that they uh, didn't already know. It was uh, largely a waste of time from any actual testing point of view. Um, the point of the detonation was perhaps more propagandistic than it was investigatory. It was a way of showing the world that America con intended to continue with its atom bomb program and that it had no intention of um, ridding itself of its nuclear arsenal after the detonation of the two atomic bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. America in 1945 didn't have a sufficiently large nuclear arsenal uh, in order to eliminate the Soviet Union and the uh, pretense that it did was more useful than the, than the uh, actual possibility of an attack uh, in reality. Um, there was no political desire uh, in Truman's administration to launch a preemptive nuclear strike on the Soviet Union. Perhaps had there been an invasion of Western Europe by the Red Army, that might have been rather different. But it was knowledge of the American nuclear arsenal that stayed Stalin's hand. There had been all sorts of uh, plans that Stalin had of marching as far as the English Channel, which would have been eminently doable uh, had the Red Army decided. But America was presented with a rather unique problem. Um, normally, countries without diplomatic leverage struggle to gain the economic or the military means to get that leverage. In the case of uh, the United States, the United States had been given that leverage and many, many, many times over, um, or had acquired that leverage many, many times over, and yet was uncertain about what actually to do with it. Stalin was adamant uh, when the atomic bomb was dropped that it, it was vital that the Soviet Union did not appear intimidated, that they could look upon the atomic bomb as Mao described it as, as a paper tiger. When Stalin spoke to uh, Alexander Wirth, who had spent part of the war in Leningrad, right, so I've got a, a book uh, on his um, recollections on Leningrad that we reviewed it uh, a while ago, um, he um, was asked by Worth, um, this is 1947, do you believe that virtual monopoly by the USA of the atom bomb one of the main dangers to peace? Stalin replied, I do not believe the atom bomb to be as, ser as serious a force as certain politicians are inclined to think. Atom bombs were intended for intimidating the weak nerve, but they cannot decide the outcome of war, since atom bombs are by no means sufficient for this purpose. Certainly, monopolistic possession of the secret of the atom bomb does create that threat, but at least two remedies exist against it. A. Monopolist possession of the atom bomb cannot last long. And B. Use of the atom bomb will be prohibited. Stalin was certainly working towards outcome A. He was a, uh, developing his own bomb project, and we discussed this um, previously, but also, as far as outcome B went, Stalin had no confidence uh, that international legality could be used to constrain the United States. He uh, didn't. Uh, he thought that perhaps the United Nations could be twisted to Soviet advantages in certain regards. But he didn't uh, trust 
um, the United Nations itself or the international system of rules, which he saw as being created by capitalist powers, really for the constraint of countries like the Soviet Union. So Truman's problem when dealing with Stalin is that he did have the trump card of the atomic bomb, but there was precious little he could do with it. Um, using it against the Soviets would have caused um, an international outrage and would have devastated America's world standing, which America at the time understood to be a key part of US power, what we call soft power. The idea that essentially the United States would be on the right side during the war had been, was uh, at least in 1945, generally highly, highly thought of uh, around the world, having uh, defeated Japan and being part of the coalition that defeated Germany. The British and the Americans had deliberately excluded the Soviets from uh, any kind of wartime cooperation on the development of the atomic bomb. Um, in September 1944, Churchill met Roosevelt at um, Roosevelt's estate on the Hudson River at um, Hyde Park, and the uh, a sort of uh, minutes of the meeting said, the suggestion that the world should be um, informed regarding tube alloys, which was always the code name for the Manhattan Project, uh, with a view to international agreement uh, regarding the control and use of it, is not accepted. The matter should continue to be regarded as the, the one of utmost secrecy. Of course, Churchill saw the atomic bomb as a way of giving the British Empire uh, a shot in the arm uh, and, and a natural long uh, stay of execution or lease of life. Uh, the, he knew full well that the post-war environment for uh, the British Empire was going to be bleak indeed and that the uh, empire, two world wars, had shaken the empire to its core. Having a, uh, an atomic bomb would continue to allow Britain to punch above its weight and to be at the top table of international affairs. And indeed, it has done in the post-war era as Britain's uh, significance and uh, economic, diplomatic and military clout has uh, gradually declined. Nuclear power has maintained Britain's place on the United Nations Security Council alongside France and given the British a uh, role in international affairs that Britain's current status would normally not afford it. Dean Acheson, um, who was one of Truman's uh, most important uh, foreign policy advisers, spoke candidly to the President and said that essentially if you keep these secrets from the Soviets, this will help define the Cold War um, that is clearly coming, the um, uh, diplomatic and ideological standoff with the Soviet Union. If you retain between Britain and America uh, nuclear secrets, the Soviets will only draw one conclusion from that, that you intend to use nuclear weapons against them at some point in the future. Telling the Aitchison said, it is impossible that a government as powerful and power-conscious as the Soviet government could fail to react vigorously to this situation. And he later said more profoundly, The advantage of being ahead in such an arms race is nothing compared with not having the race in the first place. And so he saw the um, reality that uh, cooperation with the Soviet Union would be far better than competition. The atomic bomb could not be uninvented. It could, however, be um, shared 
and this would prevent there from being the possibility of war between the two powers. That might seem awfully naive, but it was a view that was actually shared um, across both governments in certain regards. Some of the um, passing of nuclear information uh, from British and American nuclear research defence establishments, such as the uh, Soviet mole uh, Melita Norwood, um, was done really because it was uh, viewed by um, Soviet uh, fellow travellers and actual Soviet agents. That an American monopoly on nuclear power would be far more dangerous than it being shared with the Soviet Union. Now, this is, of course, is to take a very naive view of Stalin, and naive views of Stalin uh, abound in this period of time, not least because um, this was now 10 years or so following the purges. And in between time, the uh, Soviet Union had defeated Nazism. The Soviet Union had had something of a kind of a a morally cleansing process during the Second World War. The reality that Stalinism was rapidly reasserting itself from 1943 onwards and at the end of the Second World War, for a period of time, um, Stalinism was um, kind of revived um, and Stalin's grip across the country uh, was renewed and that purges, particularly the um, cosmopolitan, um, the, the cosmopolitan uh, campaign and the, the doctor's plot, um, were being uh, uh, were commencing in the late 1940s. Um, Stalin was trying his hand at uh, anti-Jewish action, uh, which uh, we'll talk about in greater depth another time, I think. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. These um, indicators from inside the Soviet Union were often missed or ignored or overlooked or un, um, unknown by external observers who thought that um, Stalin should be given nuclear technology. It was the view of Robert Oppenheimer, who was the uh, lead uh, physicist behind the Manhattan Project in Los Alamos in New Mexico, that nuclear research materials and technology should be uh, placed under the control of an international agency. Um, and this would ensure that plutonium and thorium, which were used to make the weapons, um, would be controlled. Oppenheimer said, only if the dangerous aspects of atomic energy are taken out of national hands is there any reasonable prospect of devising safeguards against the use of atomic energy for bombs. Oppenheimer believed that the, um, re the creation of nuclear fission um, could now be used um, for immense civilian gain and that this would be part of the building of a new post-war world rather naively, I suppose. But he was joined in that view by the Danish physicist Niels Bohr, who thought that uh, both sides um, uh, should have the technology to uh, make the, the bombs. Um, it was thought by both Churchill and Roosevelt that Bohr um, might actually help the Russians with their research. Um, he didn't know everything that there was to know about the Manhattan Project, but he was aware of its um, existence, and he knew um, the uh, he knew people such as Oppenheimer and was uh, and Fermi and Einstein and and was uh, well acquainted with all the people who understood um, the the technology and was uh, in a position to help the Soviets. This didn't happen. Um, but when he um, approached and wrote to both Churchill and Roosevelt and urged them to share the technology um, with the Soviets, um, he became the subject of uh, the intelligence community's intense interests. And um, there was a note at the, uh, between Churchill and Roosevelt that said, Inquiries should be made regarding the activities of Professor Bohr, and steps should be taken to ensure that he is responsible for no leakages of information, particularly to the Russians. Um, Bohr said, basically, that if weapons were shared and essentially pointed at one another, then they would be more likely to be renounced. The uh, view that Truman had, and this was perhaps, unfortunately perhaps a realistic view, uh, was that this was uh, idealistic and naive nonsense. The uh, chiefs of staff surrounding Truman said that it would be ultimately treasonous to hand away a key weapon to a foreign power. And Stalin was under no illusions about this. He knew that they had not given him nuclear technology during the Second World War, um, when there was close military cooperation, and they certainly won't do, weren't going to start doing it now. Neither the Americans or the Soviets were interested in a nuclear treaty. The Americans didn't have to have one, they already had the bomb, and the uh, Soviets believed that if they did come to a nuclear a treaty agreement with the Americans, 
it would be on the basis that they would have to agree to not pursue nuclear technology, or at least not military nuclear technology, and they certainly weren't interested in that. In 1946, the United Nations Atomic Energy Commission was set up, uh, which was a a way of trying to um, civilianise or civilise, if you will, uh, the 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 technology to take it out of uh, military purposes and military processes. Obviously, this has not proved to be uh, particularly successful, and the uh, Americans and Soviets debated the uh, beginnings of non-proliferation, which obviously would become far more important in the the 60s and 70s and and beyond. But America's offer to hold the the atomic bomb in trust for all mankind, uh, and uh, in return for the Soviets renouncing any plans to acquire nuclear technology, um, was virtually laughed at by the Soviets. Um, The Soviets said that America should make a point of dismantling its bombs and promising not to build any future ones. And this again was rejected by America. The detonation of the first underwater bomb at Bikini Atoll was, uh, should be seen in the context of these discussions. It was a way, really, of America disrupting the discussions and um, showing that they had virtually no interest, in, no serious interest, in abandoning the use of atomic weapons, or at least the possession of them. And um, the, there was uh, evidence that America whilst discussing in a half-hearted way about non-proliferation with the Soviets, were busy uh, building and testing larger and larger and more powerful nuclear weapons. However, the Soviets were not the only power that uh, America was in dispute with over the ownership of nuclear technology. The British, whom America had cooperated with uh, and been allied to uh, during the war, uh, were also engaged in their own controversy with America. After the war, America ended the sharing of atomic secrets with Britain. The fact that uh, British uh, intelligence was riddled with Soviet spies and that there was a flow of atomic secrets from London to Moscow, um, this was actually obviously unknown at the time, but it was uh, fortuitous to America to end cooperation as well. Uh, the, there was also obviously a flow of atomic secrets direct from Los Alamos to the Soviet Union uh, too, uh, but that is uh, kind of slightly by the by on this point. After VJ Day, British scientists returned home to Britain and it was assumed uh, that cooperation would continue. The weakened financial state of Great Britain at the end of the Second World War and the desperation of the British to gain a loan, which they eventually do, um, to uh, prevent Britain from collapsing into bankruptcy uh, at the end of the war, meant that America could extract concessions from the British, and they do in the nuclear field. The British were anxious not to upset the uh, delicate financial negotiations. Um, If you go back and listen to my podcast on Keynes and the American Loan, that will give you a a strong picture as to exactly uh, how fraught the situation was. But get, forcing the British out of the uh, the atomic loop 
uh, was really, really uh, a significant coup by the US. The British had contributed some expertise, but it mainly the costs and the uh, technical challenges were undertaken by the US. The agreement at Hyde Park between Churchill and Roosevelt had said that nuclear cooperation would continue after the war, but this was more of a kind of a gentleman's agreement. There's nothing on paper per, per se. There was no signed uh, um, treaty on this between the two countries. And in the po immediate post-war era, there was far less enthusiasm. Now that Roosevelt was dead and Churchill was out of power, there's far less enthusiasm as uh, um, American congressmen and senators um, uh, scientists and uh, business um, business figures looked at what was really being on uh, presented to the British, and it was a, a in their view a free transfer of technology that would prop up uh, an ailing competitor. And it was clear that atomic energy for industrial purposes was what the British were more interested in, though the British did want a bomb, and Ernest Bevan uh, essentially said, well, you know, we need the bomb with the Union Jack on it. Um, but the worry that the Americans had was that uh, Britain was going to become an obstacle to American economic hegemony in the post-war era, and it was not a good idea to uh, enable this by uh, transfers of nuclear technology. Of course, Britain doesn't become this and, and goes into a relative economic decline in the post-war years. Henry Stimson said to Truman that um, the British had no rights to the achievements of American industry, uh, that the Americans did nine-tenths of the work. And this was largely true. Uh, the Americans uh, had poured in uh, tens of thousands of personnel on the Manhattan Project and invested billions of dollars. In Victor Sebastian's book, 1946, he makes the point that uh, one reason for the development of a British bomb was partly the threat of the Soviet Union, but also uh, the need to end dependency on the USA. We must free ourselves from of financial dependence on the US as soon as possible, we shall never be able to pull our weight unless we are. These were the words of Ernest Bevin, the foreign minister in the post-war Labour government, uh, led by Clement Attlee in 1946. Um, there was obviously uh, a huge um, economic cliff facing Britain in 1947. When currency controls were removed as part of condition of the American loan, Though in 1946, whilst there appeared to be difficult financial times ahead, the level of crisis was yet, as yet not anticipated. This is why discussions of atomic bombs were all the more feasible in 1946 than 1947. One of the big problems that each Labour government had encountered in the post-war era, all the way up to Harold Wilson and James Callaghan, was high defence spending and high welfare spending matched with often poor productivity, poor management and uh, difficult labour relations meant that the uh, British economy found it very hard to pay these high bills. But in 1946, the readiness to adopt uh, a nuclear programme was striking. 
the uh, commitment that a notionally socialist government had to maintaining its place at the top table of international affairs and retaining imperial power with the new device of nuclear technology was um, uh, curious uh, in the absence of much debate uh, about it. Hugh Dalton and Stafford Cripps thought that it was um, unaffordable um, and the cabinet committee was told in 1946 that the uh, it would cost 30 to 40 million pounds more than the original estimate which was an overspend of 15 percent um, however much of the uh, issue much of the debate was kept secret from ministers um, and planning for the British bomb went ahead um, Britain was, as um, Ernest Bevan said, Britain could not afford to be left behind. Um, Bevan, as I said previously, said, we've got to have the bloody thing, and we've got to have a bloody Union Jack flying on top of it. OK, I'm going to finish there, because I've gone on for way too long, but uh, I hope you found that interesting and useful, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.